0: 36 years of basketball knowledge and life skills. Your host, Coach Goins, focuses on today's topics on and off the court, helping players and coaches achieve their goals. So get ready for another fast break episode of Basketball More Than a Game with your host, Coach Goins. Hey, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another fast break edition of Basketball morning the Game, and I'm your host, Coach Goins. Hey, listen, as we always say, make sure you have your sneakers laced up tight because today, via telephone from Charlotte, North Carolina, we have none other than Jason Capel. That is right, you Carolina fans, Jason Capel, number 25. Jason, welcome to Basketball morning the Game.
1: Hey, Coach Thanks for having me, man. I, I feel uh, it's a great opportunity. Thank you for having me, and i looking forward to talking some hoops.
0: Hey, with that being said, we're not going to hold you back uh, at all in there, Mr. Jason Cable. We're going to get right into the thick of things. We're going to talk a little bit about – uh, last year's game. I know it was such a heartbreaker, and I know uh, you as a former Tar Heel, or you know, I guess you, you're never a former Tar Heel, uh, but as a player that played in the 2000 uh, Final Four, and you saw uh, your guys go and play in the finals and lose that thing right at the last second shot. Uh, that had to be tough. Uh, so if you don't mind, you know, share with the audience uh, your perspective on that last second shot.
1: Sink is making that three and... I've been to the championship in 05, uh, 2009, and I went last year. And we had so many former players there um, last year in Houston. And when that shot went in, it was just so heartbreaking for everyone. Um, but to see the team come back, uh, battle all season, you know, had a target on their back, but they had a mission uh, that they were going to redeem themselves. Uh, they, they started the redemption season early on in the summer. Working hard, staying together as a cohesive unit, and to see those guys battle throughout the tournament, um, tough competitions. I mean, you think the Arkansas game—they were down big, found a way to come back. Uh, you know, the Oregon game, the the, the Kentucky game—things coming down to the last second, and different guys stepping up each time. So uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. I didn't make it to Phoenix, but I was jumping straight up and down in my living room and. Very happy for those guys for you know, a lot of the things they've been through. They stuck together um, and winning the championship, and that's something that will bond that group uh, forever. So it was really special.
0: I know, and again, we certainly appreciate uh, as we say, dropping those dimes as a as alumni of such a fantastic uh, program, folks. For those of you that don't know, uh, Jason was actually the last player recruited. Uh, by the legendary coach Dean Smith, uh, Jason signed, and I think a couple weeks later, uh, Coach Smith re- announced his retirement. So yes, he was recruited by one of the greatest coaches of all time, and again had a spectacular uh, career at the University of North Carolina. So with that being said, and we'll talk a bit, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, as we go along. So with that, folks, as we always uh, start off the program is the fast break session of uh, the podcast, and we just like to call out Act Sports, our recreation sports program here in Stanton, Virginia, and just certainly. Appreciate what they do for the youth. Uh, so, if you are interested in youth sports, uh, please go to com for your registration needs. So, Jason, with that being said, uh, let's just go ahead and just get into the to the meat of things on the fast break session. So, how do you? How do you? What is? What is your advice uh, to the listeners as it relates to work life balance, career, as well as being involved uh, with basketball?
1: Well, you know, the biggest thing is having a passion for what you do. Um, I was fortunate to you know, have two parents at home. My mother's an educator. She, uh, she's a retired teacher, um, principal. My dad was a, was a high school coach, college coach, NBA Development League coach, um, as well as an assistant coach in the NBA. So I had two people at home that really stressed um, how to balance sports, academics, life, Because in our home, if you didn't do one the right way, the other two would be off the table as well, especially when you're talking about sports. So the biggest thing is having a passion for what you do, no matter what it is. Um, And and, and with that, the thing my dad taught my brother and myself is you got to work hard. Uh, No matter what you do, it takes hard work and dedication. And perseverance. You're going to hit obstacles. Things are going to happen to you, and you have to dust yourself off, uh, pick your head up, and keep moving forward. Um, And when you're talking about balancing um, academics, athletics, and then, you know, for me now as a 37 year old having a family, um, you know, when you're younger, uh, it takes time because you think you're on the top of the world and um, you need that discipline. Uh, to to be able to prioritize the time to put to be successful in different things. And when you grow up, there's there's really no difference. Uh, When things mean something to you, uh, you put the time in to be great at everything across the board. So uh, it's really about having passion. Uh, what, What I've learned, what I've been taught and what I've grown to understand myself in all aspects of life, if you have a passion for something, you're going to put your heart and soul into it, and and that goes for everything. Again, academically, if you don't get the books, you're not going to be able to play. Um, If you're not able to play, maybe you don't get the opportunities to reach your ultimate goals. And again, those are things that were uh, stressed to my brother and I from the time we were kids, Um, and it's carried us not only as student-athletes, but now as men leading families um, and, and being able to give back to the younger kids, trying to instill that uh, into them as well.
0: You know, and again, folks that don't know, uh, Jason is the younger brother of uh, Jeff Capel, uh, the third who is actually uh, the socialist uh, head coach at Duke University. And again, the father, uh, their father is Jeff Capel, Jr., uh, who is uh, had a, a luxurious a college career finished up in the nba and actually uh, was my uh high school coach and actually who Sorry. really taught me the passion uh of basketball and i was not good enough to play basketball in high school or, or actually i was never on the basketball team i was his student assistant uh back in 1981 through 84 and he he drugged me to the camps and clinics and breaking uh, film down and cleaning backboards and sweeping up and and from that you know 40 years later uh now i, I run an organization here in stanton uh we have over eighty kids and six travel teams. And I owe all of that uh to Jason's dad, Coach Capel, and as always, you know, he he's still my coach. Uh love him to death. But again, that that is how and that's the importance of coaching, uh, and that's what Jason is just telling Because the same way was and I when, I when you hear me say coach, I'm speaking of Jason's dad. But that is what exactly he instilled in us uh as young men. And now that I'm fifty years old, you know, Jason said he's thirty-seven. I'm fifty. <laughs> you know, makes me sit back and you know and really think about and ponder. Uh, just how important when you hear the word coach uh, says. So that was just eloquently put. So let let me move on. Uh, I know that uh, you had a, a coaching career as well, Jason. So as a as a former basketball coach and a person that is really still plugged in uh, to the game today, what advice would you give any of our listeners, uh, particularly from the coaching aspect? As a person looks at getting involved in coaching, what do you what what do you think, or what do you um, should say? Uh, some of the things that they really really need to be dialed into.
1: Well, first of all, get into it for the right reasons. You know, I think it's easy to look on uh, television and see. uh, Obviously, everything is broadcasted now, so you see the money people make, the lifestyle you can possibly have. But make no mistake, uh, it's it's, it's a tough business, especially when you talk about college basketball, and you have to get in it for the right reasons. You have to get in it because you have a, a passion to teach kids, help them get better. Um, help their families uh, continue to grow a lot of times you're dealing with kids who they could be the first person in their family to go to college so it has to be bigger than the game Um, it, it has to be about shaping young men helping them grow so the first thing I'll always say is to get into it for the right reasons and then it goes back to what I said before. It's about having a passion for what you're doing. Um, it's about surrounding yourself with uh, people of high character. When you talk about assistant coaches, support staff, and even when you're going out recruiting. I, I think one of the things I learned is uh, we're all so enamored by talent. You're all so enamored about uh guys that you know can, can, can shoot really well, can run and jump really high, that have all the physical attributes that, that, that we see um, visually that makes up a great player. But if those kids don't have high character that fits into what you want to do, your team as a whole is never going to be successful. So, again, having that passion, um, having a willingness um, to, 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 to make a program in light of who you are, fits your personality. And then you got to get out and surround yourself with quality people, quality coaches, uh, quality support staff. And you have to recruit kids that have the vision and believe in the vision that you have and go out there and put forth a uh, concerted effort together as one. Because, uh, you know, you, you, you talked about Coach Smith um Recruited me, and, and I committed to Coach Smith. Would have loved to play for Coach Smith, but I played for Coach Bill Guthridge as well, who I trusted just as much as I did Coach Dean Smith. And one of the sayings <clears throat> that those guys always uh, told us: "It's amazing what can be accomplished when no one cares who gets the credit." Wow. It's about being as one. If, if everyone is pulling in the same direction, you can achieve some really great things. Um, you should never feel like you know everything. You know, As a coach, you have to continue to evolve. You have to continue to learn, uh, continue to seek counsel and advice from other people um, and evolve. That's the only way you're going to get better. Um, that's the only way you're going to be successful. But it's a very rewarding business. Um, I enjoyed my time. You have to pick a situation that's conducive for you, um, as an individual, uh, if you have a family for your family, um... And it's very rewarding to see kids who a lot of times you you, you start recruiting and they're 15 years old. I can understand um, right. And then you get them on campus at 18 and you watch these boys become men and hopefully become college graduates and check off the list of some of the things you talked about at 15, 16, 17 years old and say we achieved these goals together. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a cool thing. Um, it, it's, it can be very rewarding, but it's tough. It's a 365 day a year job, 24 hours a day that you have to have the right commitment to be involved in. And that's why I say you have to get in it for the right reasons.
0: You know, and, and again, folks, that, that's why Jason is on basketball more in the game, because, you know, he, he's been there. He's played at the Pinnacles. he's He's been around it all of his life. And he's going to tell our listeners exactly uh, how it is. Again, we just certainly appreciate his time. Now, let me just let's just kind of go back in time a little bit and just just hit a little bit of stuff. He played in 95 games as a Tar Heel. He averaged 11 points, 6 rebounds per game in his first three seasons. He had uh, scored in double figures 58 times and grabbed 10 boards 15 times and had 11 uh, career double-doubles and one triple-double. And he was the only second uh, player ever in the history to have a triple-double at the University of North Carolina. And that happened on December the 17th, 2000. And he just went on and just had scored over a thousand points. He's forty eighth on the Tar Heels all time uh, scoring. He's fifth all time in three point field goal percentage at forty percent, and is ninth in UNC with eleven, excuse me, 3 point field goals. And that's just to kind of recap of his college career. And he also played in the uh, the Final Four in two thousand. So you know, listeners and younger players, and as well as your coaches that are dialed in today, just understand who we have on the phone. Please don't you know don't take it lightly. Uh, please respect his time as he lays and pours out his heart you know number 1 because he's very passionate about the game and number 2 he's been where a lot of us uh, would like to be from, for for you older guys i'm sure that you re- you remember him when he was uh, up and down the court and for you younger guys and to aspire to to play at that elite level so jason we certainly appreciate uh, your continued you know your passion for what you do and again as i sit back and i remember when i remember you when you were a, a, a little fellow growing up and and, and now- watching you I mean you're a man and one of the things I thought was was absolutely just tremendous uh, was this year doing ACC tournament Uh, you had the opportunity to interview your brother uh, yeah. Which was absolutely when I say, folks, hilarious it's is what his brother did. Uh, you know, Jason, <laughs> Jason being the, the the professional that he is, and I could see, I knew Jeff had something because I could just tell his whole body language uh, before he answered <laughs> that question. I, I knew, I knew it. I mean, I've been around these guys a long time, and I just knew I could just see it when he said. First of all, it was hilarious that you called him coach. I mean, it just you know what a great moment uh, for the Capel family. What a great moment to share with your brothers. Uh, you know, and and that's the thing. You know, basketball. Uh, has allowed um, Jason to, to to see the world, and it has been great for him. And as I tell my folks and the listeners, that, you know, basketball uh, has been great for, to me. It's been great to my family, uh, and the things that has opened up the, the door. So with that, uh, that is why we entitled the podcast "Basketball More Than the Game." So, Jason, next question we like to, to jump into: as you develop young players, or as a coach looks at a young player, how does a, how does one coach? Uh, really start to bridge that gap to to really have that trust factor for that player to buy into their program?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing for a coach, you have to be honest. Um, I think you have to be honest with players. I think you have to be honest with kids. I think kids are highly intelligent. I think they know when you're running game on them or or, or when you're just trying to uh, get them to do something that may not be in their best interest. So you have to... Uh, or they may perceive, should I say, as not in their best interest. So uh, there has to be a level of trust. And with that, uh, you have to be honest with them, good, bad, or indifferent. I think, you know, no one readily enjoys being criticized. But I think when you criticize in the right way, a constructive way, and you show that you have their best interest at heart, that you're trying to help them achieve their goals, I think that's when trust is birthed. And with that, you can achieve anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, if you have the work ethic, if you show up ready to work and listen, Um, I run an organization in the summer, USBA, and we are all over the country, Puerto Rico, um, Canada. Uh, We're going to Africa next summer um, to do something there. But The thing I tell kids and and, and things that my dad taught me is you have to be the best listener. If you're if you're a great listener, you have a chance to get better because you're going to take in the information and then you can go out on the court and put forth uh, the things that can help you improve. But a coach and player relationship, it's about trust. It's about truth. And you have to understand that. That coach wants you to be better, Uh, that coach wants you to improve, and though um, things he says to motivate you to push you, you may not like all the time, and some things I didn't like as a player.
0: I can understand.
1: (laughs) But you can't take the tone, you have to take the message. And if you have a belief and you understand they're trying to help you improve uh, to achieve your goals then that's something that I think all of us will be willing to follow. So communication is key, um, and being honest and upfront and having a great truth in that communication with one another, I think is the first huge step um, in coaching players getting better together. And now you talk about incorporating that into a full team, a full 12 to 15 guys, that's when you can uh, become something special. You know,
0: folks, just listen Listen what Mr. Cable framed out there. Uh, when he said, don't take, you know, take, don't take uh, the criticism wrong. You know, don't don't get hung up in the message, you know, just take take the message to heart and don't 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 worry about how it was delivered. Understand that when a coach is coaching, he's coaching. You know, parents, I'm calling you out on that. You know, a lot of times, you know, parents uh come up to me as I'm you know directing the, the basketball program and well I don't I why, understand why coaches and that's why we invite you know come to the gym, you know, come in and see. You know, we don't have a closed practice, but you know, you, you younger younger players understand that coaches are doing this. And again, as you said, if if you know, channel in the right way, make sure that you you're taking exactly what Jason is saying here, uh and making sure that you're able to to put that filter uh, and 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 process that and be able to be the, the best that you can be. So with that, we're going to go ahead and move into the second session of the podcast. It's titled "In the Paint," uh, and we uh, and, and Jason was one of those players. He could, he could do a little bit of both, uh, inside out, because he was just uh, blessed with that talent uh, to be able to, to do that. Uh, never to ever imagine when he was growing up that he would turn into the player uh, that he did. You know, a lot of people don't understand, you know, don't know that he actually was um, Player of the Year in two different states. Uh, he was player of the year in Virginia, if I'm not mistaken, when he was a, um, a sophomore. And then he was uh, in Maryland as uh, in the private school sector. Uh, he was a player of the year. So not a lot of, a lot of people uh, have those accolades. And I know he also played at Indian River uh, here in Virginia. Uh, back in the day But again Just a tremendous Tremendous young man uh, Much much respect So in that Jason As we turn to In the paint uh, That's exactly what it means Is where we kind of Get down to the To the next level Of uh, of the podcast So with that How has Coaching How has basketball uh, Affected your life
1: Well I grew up in a basketball family. Again, uh, as, as, uh, as far as I can remember, my dad's been a basketball coach. Um, I, I followed my dad to, you talked about Pinecrest. I was a little kid bothering everybody at the Pinecrest practices. Yes, he was. Uh, to, 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 to Wake Forest <laughs> when he was an assistant there. Um, to Fayetteville State when he became a head coach. Um, I've always been in the gym. Um, I went on recruiting trips with my dad. Um, so it's something I've always been around. Now, when I got a little older, uh, I started to feel I could be pretty good. And the thing my dad taught my brother Jeff and I both um, use the game. You know, use the game. Don't let the game use you. There's so many kids, so many people that allow the game to swallow them up, allow the game to use them. And what I mean by that. If you use the game of basketball, and you touched on it briefly, um, the game has taken me all over the world. Well, first of all, I had to get my books. Academically, I had to do the right things. Um, You talk about I went from Virginia uh, to Maryland. A big reason be. Of That my dad wanted me to be more focused. I left Indian River. I went to St. John's Prospect Hall where I could focus just laser focus in on basketball in school, get the outside distractions out and not allow things to deter me uh, outside forces to deter me from my goals. And when you use the game. The game got me a full scholarship to the school I dreamed of going to, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Uh, I used the game to get a college degree in four years. In the middle of that, uh, I won two ACC championships and went to a Final Four. Wow. Um, I got to experience some great things. After the graduation, um, I was able to become a pro. I had opportunities in the NBA. Uh, I didn't stick there, but I won a championship with my dad in the NBA Development League. I played in Serbia, I played in Japan, I played in Italy. The game literally took me all over the world, making a great living, but more importantly, culturally, experiencing so many different things. To now when my career ended, uh, you know, through injury, and I'm looking around, you know, the sport is only going to take you so long. The state of sport takes uh, most people maybe to 32, 35, uh, if, if you're lucky. Well, you still have 50 years of your life left to live. You have sure. to be able to do other things. Because I got that degree, because I did well in school, because I was around so many great basketball minds in college and beyond, it allowed me to go transition right into television um to transition into um being a, a division one assistant coach to 10 months later being a division one head coach doing that for five years to now six years and now being uh, being back on um television for espn calling the acc and the a10 and some great leagues so when you use the game um and you don't allow it to use you It can open up some special doors, can give you some special experiences and allow you to grow as a person individually and learning how the real world works, being a part of a team and disappointment, resilience, hard work. uh, It teaches you all those things. So uh, it's been great to me. It's been great to my family. It's it's, it's the family business um, that we've all uh, partaken in, and it's been very fruitful for all of us, uh, not just monetarily, but again the experiences that we have uh, that bonds us uh, that, 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 that are things that we will take for the rest of our lives.
0: Yeah, and and, that, and that's such a great thing. I mean, and, and folks, you know, as as I sit here and and listen to to Jason, just you know precept after precept me just laying it down for us and you know my mind runs and just you know i don't know and i'm just being very transparent right i I just don't know where i would be uh as as a 50 year old man uh today if it wasn't for jason's dad just taking care of me uh when i was you know a freshman in high school uh making you know he asked me to to be a part of the basketball program and the first thing i said man you got to talk to my mama and then, so he said, <laughs> I I, that's right. he, said I, I, he said, I can do that. So he stopped by the house and unending He she said, if you get him here and you take, she said, he's yours. You know, and then four years later. And then now, you know, I look back and like I said, I'm 50 years old and, you know, 40 years ago, I would never imagine, uh, to be able to, to be at the, the, hikes that we are and then continue to grow this program here in Virginia and then be able to, to, to start the podcast. And we've been on the air a little over a month. Uh, iTunes has picked up the show. So we're very, very excited. Uh, for the direction that is going and just you know just grateful that jason is taking time out uh, to enhance that and and just being able to be with us today so with that i've got another again this is in the paint uh, and we're gonna we're gonna hit this one and not get the three seconds called on us but what is your what was what is your greatest strength as a player and what was your greatest weakness as a player
1: oh i think my greatest strength is just how hard i played um, and that's a, something that uh, I was taught from a young age. You know, uh, my brother is five years older than me, uh, and I, I always hung around him and his friends, <laughs> uh, you know, being a, a, a bigger kid. Um, and if you wanted to play with the older kids, you better have some toughness yep. and you better play hard Come on. or else, you know, you're you're, you're going to get bounced out of there pretty quick. <laughs> so uh, I think my versatility uh, and how hard I play, uh, you know, I tell kids the, there's a difference in playing hard and competing. I love to compete. <laughs> I love the back and forth of competition. Me against you, my team against yours. Let's see who's going to win, um, you know, uh, when, when the buzzer sounds. So those are the things I would say, um, that I had as my strengths, my weaknesses. Um, I think the biggest thing, and you know, when you rolled off the accolades, you know, I, I obviously I don't think about it, uh, with myself. I don't particularly like talking about myself, but if there's a weakness, uh, Lamont, I always knew I was on borrowed time, and a lot of people don't know this. When I was 13 years old, uh, my back started really bothering me. My dad took me to the doctor. The doctor told me, you never have a basketball career. You know, your, your, your back is you know pretty out of, out of shape. You've grown too fast. Wow. You went from 5'3 to 6 feet basically over a summer from the ages of 10 to 11. Um, so I always knew I was on borrowed time. Maybe that's why I played so hard. Maybe that's why I played so reckless. But I had surgery after my freshman year in North Carolina. You you talk about, you know, when when you think of all the the top five, top ten McDonald's All-American kids uh, that have ever come out, how many have had back surgery at 18? Wow, that's correct. (laughs) You know, so there was a weakness. Um, I just think physically um, there were times that – I couldn't sit down uh, in class. I had to stand up. I wouldn't sit down on an airplane just from a physical standpoint. Um, I gave it all I had, but a lot of people didn't know that I was never hundred mm. um, percent. And those are things that you know I had to deal with. and i didn't I didn't complain about it. Um, I continued to play hard. But the weakness was, honestly, I never knew waking up these days what my body was going to do. Okay. Um, and that that, that, that that takes a toll on your mind at times. Uh, but again, when I tell kids you have to persevere, things are going to happen, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Uh, thankfully, I was able to play for years uh, after being told that and again, had many great experiences um, even going through that. So I wouldn't change a thing. But uh, I have two little boys, and I just pray they have healthy backs if they uh, choose to be athletes. Hey,
0: and 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 I'm sure uh, out of the two, I'm sure some. Well, actually, there'll be some some serious battles in in the backyard. Uh, I'm Absolutely. sure, just like uh, you and Jeff did. Hey, listen, I know you guys um, have gone public uh, with Coach's illness, uh, and just you know what a dynamic article uh, in reference to the tree. Uh, and that was written by uh, Jason's old, as he said, his older brother, Jeff. Uh, actually, just a, a quick story behind that. I was, actually was at work one day and went into a meeting and the HR manager came in and she says, Lamont, she says, I got this great article I want you to read. And I was like, I'm sitting there going, OK, what you got? And so she said, you know, come to the office when, when the meeting's over. I step in the office and she spins the computer screen around. and And, and it was very emotional. You because know, I was just like, you know, one, I had already read it, already knew. Uh, and then when she shared it with me and I was standing there and she and I guess she could tell by my facial expression, body language, she said, what's wrong? I said, that's my cousin. Uh, and she's like, no way. You know, so again, just, you know, tremendous, tremendous job, uh, you guys uh, in, the, in that whole body of work. Uh, so again, you know, just, you know, much, much, much respect for coach and, and you guys for what you're going through and the, and the support. Uh, and so again, we just, you know, just lift you guys up and continue to c- encourage you. Uh, along along that way. So, with that being said, just kind of give me your your perspective. Uh, and again, uh, this was a Saturday afternoon. Uh, I'm flipping through the channels, and of course, I kind of got you know Duke's on the radar, and I'm I'm, dial, I'm dialed in every game that I, I can I can watch when they're on. And again, I and I and I tell people, people say, "Are you a Duke fan?" I said, "Well, I root for them." And they said, "Why do you root for them?" I said, "Because I, I got uh, I got a reason. I got a reason to, to pull for them." But within that, this Saturday, uh, I'm sitting in my living room. And when they panned down the they panned down the bench, uh tears started coming down my face yeah. you know, and that was and i and yeah. I, and I'm trying to do that now without getting emotional about it yeah. but but when I saw that i mean it just absolutely i mean that was like it was like my dad sitting there and i and and, and I appreciate you guys uh and I'll say this publicly, these guys shared their dad with me uh I leaned on him uh my dad uh committed suicide when I was a young man, and one of the first phone calls I got was from coach uh and, and, yeah. and he called me and he said, I'm here for you. And if I need it, if, if you need anything. So if you don't mind, just share with the share with the audience, uh, Jason, you, how you felt that day. What ran, you know, what emotions, what ran through your mind? Well,
1: the, the thing about it, I really wanted to be there. <laughs> uh, I was actually working. I was in Miami um, doing a game. And uh, when the game ended, I had time between uh, when my game concluded and when my flight was to kind of run over the TGI Fridays right across the street. So I ran over real quickly, got in front of a TV, um, And it was special, man. I mean, you know, again, when when we put the article out, obviously, uh, we worked on it for about two weeks. And the biggest thing was to bring awareness to this disease um, and put a face to it. Um, And and so that was emotional within itself. And after it came out, even more emotional because all the people, um, they reached out. You know, again, I, I was in a different gym every three or four gyms every week calling games and from the officials to the, to, to, to to the coaches, to everyone in between just showing so much love and sitting there watching. Um, again, I missed the beginning, um, But sitting there watching my dad and my brother, (laughs) uh, you know, Duke against Wake Forest, uh, ironically, where my dad started as a Division One head coach, uh, assistant coach, I'm sorry, at Wake Forest um, back in the day, Uh, seeing them together there, seeing how good my dad looked, seeing how happy he looked, uh, smiling and, and, you know, giving a a fist pound to players. And um, he was back where he's supposed to be. And uh, that was really special to see them together and to see him experience that. And, you know, a lot of people get caught up in this Duke-Carolina rivalry. But I tell you what, uh, what, what Coach K did with that gesture uh, to invite my dad to come be honorary coach um, is something that I know our family um It's just really special. It shows the class. It shows uh, the love, the appreciation, and most importantly, the respect. Um, You're talking about a guy who, um, along with Coach Smith, is is the best coach in the world, uh, in my opinion. Um, To to extend that olive branch, to extend that uh, opportunity um, to my dad to come, And allow him to experience that, allow he and my brother to experience that together, um, was really special. So it was emotional. I was happy. Uh, My sister-in-law was sending me pictures and keeping me updated. But I really wished, uh, I think I actually tried to switch games uh, from a Saturday game to a Sunday game so I could possibly be there. Uh, But I was proud. uh, I was happy uh, for my dad, for my brother, and he has not stopped talking about it (laughs) since Um, because, you know, it meant that much to him. It meant that much to our family. And uh, Duke got, I guess it's about uh, 10 pitches or so uh, broken down and and framed and matted. And that sits in our living room now from that experience of my dad on that bench with Duke uh, as a coach, you know, sitting right there, Coach K, my brother, and my dad together um, preparing to win a game. And the players hugging them, gave him a ball after the game. And it's just one of those experiences that, again, you talk about what basketball can do. But you talk about what being a good person and and, 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 and earning the respect of everyone, um, what it can do. So very thankful for Coach K, very thankful for Duke. And, um it's all about creating moments in life, you know, yeah. and uh, that's the moment I think we'll all cherish uh, for the
0: rest of ours. Yeah, well, you, you, without a doubt. I know uh, from from you know, when Coach back in in the eighties. I know I know our phones was being blown up because I was calling. And I was telling all the guys, like, man, turn the TV on, coaches on the yeah. bench. <laughs> and, and and that's one thing, folks. I used to tell, you know, used to tease uh, Coach cable about that. All. I said, hey, man, I said, I said, when are you you when, and this was years ago. I mean, when I say you when I think right when Jeff started, Jeff Jr. You started coaching, and his dad was at old. I said, "Man, when are you guys going to do this thing?" And two, you know, two or three of you—Jason, Jeff, and Jeff Senior. Uh, yeah. All on the same bench, and, you know, and that when I saw that that when I saw that uh, doing the Wake Forest Duke game, I me mean, my mind ran, runs back, you know, twenty plus years, you know. So again, just you know, it, just top notch. I mean, I, I can't say no more than that. But I'm grateful as a former player uh, to be able to see um and as I refer to as uh, my coach. And that's one yeah. thing. That's one thing. Your mom always asked me. She said, "Lamont, she's I've never heard you call him Jeff." I said, "I never have, and I never will." Uh, and and, right. and it, it's always been coach. So, hey listen Jason, what I've got one more question for you and then uh, then we're going to go ahead and start wrapping this thing up. So, whip that what is your favorite Carolina moment?
1: Uh, my favorite Carolina moment uh you know the 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 easy answer um and, and probably the thing I think that would be most expected was the final four run in 2000. Uh, you think about that team? Young team um at that time, a young team when you're uh, essentially starting, uh, freshman Joe Forte who us in scoring, myself and Chris Lang as sophomores, again, me coming off back surgery, Brendan Haywood who hadn't played a lot um, up until that point, and Ed Cota, who that team kind of underachieved or maybe we were just ranked too high early. But we went to the tournament as an eighth seed. Wow. Um, And to come together, you know, uh, you win that first game, and now you start to believe uh, you beat the number one seed, you know, in round two, and now you know you have a chance. Uh, So that Final Four run as an eighth seed was really special. But if I'm being honest, uh, the thing I remember most, the the, the coolest experience uh, was my junior year, uh, North Carolina, at duke okay um and we won um i played well i had a great game but what made it cool to mine was my brother was there okay. <laughs> and my brother was coaching with my dad at the time so he's in the crowd kind of in the middle i don't care on a side not exactly on duke's side <laughs> um uh but he's there and i was that cameron crazy kid behind the bench rooting for him for four years sure Um, And and waiting for that opportunity uh, to have that stage to play in that game myself Um, and for him to be there. uh, And and we won the game, as I said, um, and we're celebrating in the locker room and probably after, you know, hugging my teammates. uh, the, the, The first person that, you know, knocked down that door to give me a big bear hug was my brother. Um, so to me, that was the coolest experience, the best experience in my four years. Simply because I had been that kid rooting for him in that same gym, right. and now to see him there, uh, you know, whether it was probably inside, he couldn't outwardly cheer for Carolina right, sure. or cheer for me,
0: <laughs> squirming in the seat, was, squirming. <laughs> but, but to know he was there um, in
1: support of me, um, and, and I played well, and we won. And for him to come in and embrace me the way he did, uh, I mean, you talk about two kids from Fayetteville, North Carolina, who got to live their dreams playing at Duke, playing at North Carolina, and doing all these things together. Um, And if people know us and you know how close we are, those are the special moments, uh, you know, that you'll cherish forever.
0: Yeah, Without a doubt, without a doubt. So, hey, listen, folks, we just want to uh, thank Jason so much for his time, his talent, his effort. Uh, as he continues to, to pour into the game of basketball from, uh, not on the court, but at courtside now, uh, giving his expertise and, and, does a spectacular job. I can be walking, th- I can be coming in the door, uh, and my wife is at, and she has the game on and I hear that voice and I'm like, I know exactly, I'm like, Jason's calling the game and I'll hustle around and, and do what I have. Then because you know what, it, it's, it's not about us as individuals. It's about us collectively, uh, giving back, being a part of something, you know, special. And that's what their dad taught me. Uh, and that's what I try to do. So what my passion is, is when these guys are on television, whether Jason's commentating or whether Jeff is coaching, it is I, I feel obligated that, number one, uh that they've earned my respect. They've earned my time for me to stop and and, and learn along the way uh from these guys. Yeah, are they younger? Yes, they are. But they've been they've been in the pinnacles and played at the two finest institutions in college basketball. So they have a lot to offer. And Jason, so in, in closing, I'll just uh, uh, turn the mic over you so you can just have your closing comments. Uh, At this time
1: Well you know The the biggest thing In giving this uh, Opportunity with you Is um, Obviously we're big On family And uh, you know We touched on uh, myself, we've touched on my brother, but I think you've been able to tell uh, everything comes back to my dad. <laughs> I think in every question you've asked, is it's come back to me uh, talking about something he's instilled in us. And I'm just thankful, you know, with, with him being diagnosed with ALS uh, about a year ago now, um, a little over a year ago. Just the outpouring of love that we've gotten again uh, from everywhere we've gone. Um, I did a game at Old Dominion, and their new practice gym has his name on it. Uh, you know, so just different things that the the, the reception, people coming to Fayetteville to the house, the phone calls from uh, again any and everybody showing my family the love and support um, that we've received. Uh, We started a foundation um, in honor of my father uh, to raise awareness and raise funds for ALS, uh, to build an ALS institution um, in Durham, North Carolina at Duke. And in the first month, we raised uh, over $150,000. Wow, that's excellent. So just thankful. Um, and I don't want to tell everyone, uh, you know, all your listeners who are possibly people that ha- have kept my family in their prayers, um, have thought about us, uh, who, who have contributed uh, to everything we're trying to do and just caring about um, someone that's my hero. Um, Someone has done so much for so many um, for him to be able to see that a lot of times we don't see those things while we're living
0: Come on, to be able
1: to be able to see that, receive that. And it's been so great for uh, my family. It's been great for my mom. And it's been fantastic for my dad. And, and in closing, I just simply want to say thank you. We appreciate it. Um, continue the prayers, continue uh, in the support of my family and support of trying to find a cure uh, for ALS. It's it, it's not a disease that's um, under-researched. It's underfunded. Okay. And, and that's something we're trying to rectify, and, and we're taking the necessary steps. And we just... Uh, hope everyone continues to support and helps us uh, be the change that's needed uh to help cure this disease once and for all so yes. thank you
0: yeah you know, thank you and so again for folks you just we wish you uh godspeed Jason you and your beautiful family uh and as well as uh, and and I, I cannot get off the show without saying this we just definitely want to give a shout out to to uh, Miss Jerry Capel, Jason's mother. Uh she put up with us years ago when we were a high school team when we'd roll in there and she'd get them pots to jump in and had that fried chicken and we'd bust down through it, we'd come that's through right. there and, and head down to the basement and coach be down there. Watching. What you what y'all doing? Are we just come to hang out. I mean and that's what and that's the and that's why I, that's why when I started this podcast, uh, I entitled it Basketball More than a Game, because it is it has been more than a game just uh for me. So, thanks again, Jason, for making this day a great day. Uh, your time, your talent, what you're doing. We just thank you and wish you continued success uh, in the area of broadcasting. So, with that being said, folks, as always, remember John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And as we close our podcast, always remember somebody somewhere is working on a game. And I'm your host, Coach Goins, and I'll see you in the gym.